Okay, I'm hopped up on Red Bull. Woo! No, um. <laughs> What's up, everyone? This is V, aka Running English. Uh, you can hit me up on Amazon, Instagram. Find me on multi platforms. I'm actually even on TikTok too. But don't tell me why this. I'm dancing and, and doing crazy stuff on there. But, um, yes. This is the podcast that you would inevitably find me talking about the most random of random things and making sense of it and talking about uh, it in the writer's room so that others can understand that they can write too, obviously, and they do. But it's not necessarily the same way that every writer comes about or goes about their craft. And that's one of the gifts of creating and making art in its instances. Like, there's the, the writers or teachers who have their, you know, master class. But here's the unorthodox class. We'll just leave titles and things off of it because, ah, who cares about that, right? I, I in real time, write uh, from my fourth book. Uh, which I'm finishing and will go and do an overhaul at, at the end of this month and then showcase it and then have it published. But I essentially have been showing you since the beginning of this year into what? Antiquity? How to craft something and how to write something a certain way and then how to make it make sense. Everybody has this mentality. As a writer, oh wow, I'm still recording. <laughs> and I'm gonna keep that. To do certain things, I, I just needed a mental break to, to talk about this, but everyone has this mentality to have everything be ready made and to make everything so meticulously set that everything has to make sense, everything has to be answered, everything has to be, you know, set this way, that way, and then when this person, you know, thinks of this and then they will think of 10 more things, that's fine. Like, that's a classic way of going about writing. And I, I, I love that. that. That's a great way of, of looking at it in a very erudite way, in a very uh, meticulous way. But for the unorthodox people and for the people who, you know, blog or the people who, uh, you know, check out memes and have these uh, message boards and, and different online communities, obviously you know that the language has changed and will continue to change uh, just based off of abbreviations and slang. But I'm here to tell you that the, the creative aspect still persists and to hold on to that with the technology and with the written word. I mean, there's so much to express 
in one language that can't even be correlated to the next. That alone lets you know that you're on to something when you're writing. That alone lets me know that continuing your craft will mean something to someone, regardless of if it's 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now. Don't bank so much into impacting someone at all. <laughs> it does not matter. It matters to you. And if one person vibes, they understand what you're saying, your mom, <laughs> if she understands what it is that you're saying, then by all means and by every aspect that you're looking at something, you have to, have to, have to, have to just take that into consideration and thank your lucky stars that you have the tools to bring to someone something that they were not expecting. And I, I was commenting on the last one because I'm a nerd and I always will be. Like if there's any animated whatever, I'm in it. Anything like difference in art styles, whatever, it has my attention. It has piqued my interest. If it's an animated movie, if it's a cartoon, if it's a graphic novel, if it's a comic book, whatever the case may be. If somebody took the time out to grab a team, to grab a letterer, to grab a colorer, to grab an artist, and you know, took an editor and was like, yo, let's come up with a comic book and let's publish, like, I'm interested and I'm curious as to why they are versing this as a story and presenting it to the all versus them just having it as a personal project. You as writers and all of you other people who also consider yourselves writers or are not published but are still writers have to figure this out for yourself where everything that you have makes sense. Your own personal project is priceless. And so even if you, you, you sell it at a vendor and you print out everything from Kinko's and you know the, all the pages are laminated and you're sitting next to at a, a not a festival but a comic con and you're sitting next to like <laughs> like anything that's insane like it doesn't you're sitting next to like Clears Claremont or something and you're sitting next to all these people it does not matter what you're doing as long as you are in your craft and you have this vision in your head, it is unparamount. You can't put a price tag on that. And, and, and I want to, to tell someone to continue that. Whatever it is that you're doing, there is no putting something in the microwave and it's just instantly, you're just that. You know what I'm saying? It takes time, it takes a process, it takes a lot of learning about oneself to understand that creating is a full-time task, a full-time job. You can make it plan B <laughs> and you can see the fruition uh, and how it comes about. But to anyone that is an artist or anyone that is a writer, they understand that putting that time and putting that foot forward always comes back uh, tenfold. You know, even if it's a personal project, and this one is my own personal project, but it is a part of who I am and, and it's a part of my umbrella and my company. And so I attribute those things to my thinking each day to give it some credence and to give it some importance. 
versus me just thinking of it just, oh, that's just my, my play thing, my pride project. Yeah, you can check it out if you want to. You check this out. Like, no, no, no. Think of it as plan A. Like, hey, this is my book. I also have another book. I also paint. I also do this. I also got t-shirts. Hey, let your mom, let everybody in your family know about it. Like, <laughs> that, that lets me know how serious someone is. And even if something doesn't happen on a day, on two days, three days, months, years, if that person still believes themselves as that, I am equally and insanely inspired that this person would still consider themselves as such. And so to you guys, I'm saying this, like, please don't follow my footsteps. Please don't do anything I do. Don't even smoke weed. Like, save all the weed for me. <laughs> don't, please, I implore you, save the trees for me. Because it, there's so many things that somebody can do from their imagination. And I mentioned Chris Claremont, and, and I actually met him uh, at a Comic-Con a long time ago, probably like 2013 or something. And I, I'm trying to, you know, verse and paraphrase the conversation that I had with him, but I was just in awe of this person sitting before me, this white guy just chilling, signing comic books and things like this. And I'm like, dude, thank you. Thank you for your brain. Like, <laughs> like, thank you so, so much for creating these characters that I could not ever imagine in 10 million years. And, and you inspired my characters. You inspired me to think and to do all these things that I could not even imagine myself able to do. And I am forever thankful for that. There wouldn't be Wolverine, there wouldn't be Storm, there wouldn't be Gambit. There wouldn't be a whole bunch of slew of great characters without this creative person behind the helm, you know, manning it and, and telling someone, okay, this character does this, this character had that background, this character did that. It, it takes some ingenuity and it takes some practice to get to that point and to verse a, a storyline and to verse a history. And, and to mirror, you know, life from it so that a character, you could see yourself, why, you know, placing yourself in that character's shoes and, and then, you know, why this character would make that decision. Obviously, there comes some relatability to it, but as writers, as thinkers, you have to think of yourself as this far-removed floating person above yourself and then in this character world that you created floating above all of these characters and watching, you know, narrating this story. And, and like X-Men, like I can't even go into the intricacies of how much their history has progressed over the years, just in the 80s alone, before I was even born. Like these characters went through everything interplanetary type stuff. And, and I was telling someone the other day, uh, my girlfriend, how amazing that was. Because to a child, you know what I'm saying, when I was introduced to them, I'd never seen anything like that before in my life, period. None. 
I mean, there were other cartoons and they were beating up on each other. I had a whole bunch of other cartoons and they had their reasoning for doing things. But X-Men stood out to me because there was a banging ass, you know, intro. <laughs> there was this guy sitting in a wheelchair, bald head, but he was telling all these other people who were like insanely powerful how to live their lives and how to deal with their abilities versus going into the world and being what the world thought they to be or thought them to be. And, and that was monsters and that was these, these creatures that needed to be, you know, helmed and chained and, you know, sent to these camps. And, and you know, it was insane to, to think about how to, to be a, a part of society again after having your abilities. All of these things were worldview changing to me as a kid. And no, I'm not telling, you know, grade school kids to watch cartoons or watch X-Men or, you know what I'm saying, like, to read comic books. Like, eh, I, I, to force someone, force it down their throat is Christianity. <laughs> like, that, that's religion. And, and that's like being a vegan or something like this. You're like, oh, cheese? You're not a true vegan. No, no, uh -uh. like it, no. <laughs> to me, you have to afford those things to be a vegan, first and foremost. <laughs> Two, you had to, once again, afford those cable TV programs and comic books to open up the doors for some imagination and to have those abilities to see. And coming from where I come from, I had nothing. And, you know, I used my, you know, what little bit of money that I had as a, a kid, my allowance and things like this. And when I got older, I would gamble and uh, make a lot of money from that. And then I would have, you know, my funds to do what it is I wanted as I pleased. The thing that I love about what we do on a daily basis is that there's so much content out there. There's so many different apps. There's so many different ways to spend your time. Period. Point blank. Period. And when you do that, yo, that you, it, it's almost as if like people are leaving trails, right? And so this is a vectorless grid. And so vectorless meaning as in there's no point that somebody sticks and then another point that someone sticks and then left for someone to find. There, there are no vectors that people are leaving points. It's just a gridless, insane amount of space where people and their attentions are going from here to there 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 and it never stops. <laughs> for you as a writer and as a content creator as an artist as a thinker you have to anticipate this and then from there be like well this is an analogy because one of my characters is kind of like this and this is another analogy because I mean people are like that and so mine is like right over here somewhere or maybe over there and when somebody sees this they're going to think that so I'm gonna leave some extra room, some space for that and this, and then they gonna do that. 
that's gonna be tight. <laughs> for for my characters, I love that. For everything that I versed in my head, I love the aspect of this said thinking. And I, I said this in my last podcast that my characters had special abilities. The the young girl that is in my story with the guardian is a psychic. And so she sees, but she cannot verse and speak. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to make her blind, but <laughs> I figured that would be a bit too much, too much, too much. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just make her where she doesn't say anything or she's mute and she can't verse her opinions and she communicates uh, telepathically or through visions. And so the last, um, she's communicating with the guardian and letting him know what it is that she's experiencing and how to find her. And so he's going through all of these clues in his head and seeing these visions as he rests. And so he's going through the, the motions, he's going through the most and to try to find this young one because he doesn't uh, know if she knows how to protect herself or if she can communicate with anyone else. He just found her in the meadow and by herself amongst refugees and who were passing her and who would just leave her. And, and so that is where the story begins um, for the fourth book and I'll continue it, expand it a little bit more and you know give some Easter eggs as she interacts with other different characters from the book. And, and I'll leave you with this and just say that to anybody uh, creating something, please continue creating. Please, for V, just for me, don't think of yourself otherwise. Don't think less of yourself. Just keep going at your craft. Keep moving forward. You will see the results. That's pretty much it. <laughs> peace, peace, guys.